0: Then he said to them, Those are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the laws of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus is written that the Messiah is to suffer, and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of those things, and see I am sending sending upon you what my father's Promise So stay here until the city in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God.
1: Well, this morning we are celebrating the ascension of Jesus the Christ. Now according to the church calendar, uh, Ascension Day was Thursday when Katie and the boys and I lived down in southern Lancaster. You had to know when Ascension Day was because the conservative Mennonites and the Amish celebrated that day and so goods store in any of the Amish hardware stores or grocery stores were closed on Ascension Day and you saw buggies driving around to go and visit with one another and to have parties. But Ascension, this story, is really unique to Luke. It's also mentioned briefly in the the longer ending of Mark. But in fact, Luke tells this story twice. Once at the end of Luke and once at the beginning of the book of Acts. In fact, it's this story of the Ascension that really ties the two parts of the story, part one, Luke, and part two, Acts, together. And so as we come and we look at this story together this morning, would you pray with me? Jesus, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, in different places, in different spaces, maybe in different times, I pray that these meditations would be pleasing to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, here what's happening in this text is Jesus is meeting again with his disciples. He's sharing one final meal with them. And he reminds them of how the entire Hebrew scriptures, and he points to the the Torah, which is the writings of Moses. He points to the prophets and also the, the book of the Hebrew scriptures that's called the writings or Psalms. And he shows how this all points to himself. And Jesus recaps the the gospel message. And we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. Jesus begins by saying, it is written, talking about the Hebrew scriptures. And he says, the Messiah or Christ was to suffer, to die and be raised from the dead on the third day. He talks about repentance and forgiveness of sins proclaimed in Jesus' name to all nations, and he says, beginning in Jerusalem. Jesus is actually previewing that the mission of the kingdom of God is not just to the people of the old covenant, but that everyone is going to be blessed. In fact, Jesus is fulfilling the covenant made to Abraham that through Abraham's offspring all nations would be blessed. And so this covenant, this commitment, this promise from God is finding its completion in Jesus. Jesus says to his followers there that you are witnesses of these things. And then he tells them that they're supposed to hang out in Jerusalem until they are clothed with power from on high and then Jesus and his followers they transition from this meal and they go to Bethany now Bethany is a pretty important place for Jesus this is the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus and so of course this is where Jesus raised Lazarus back from the dead This is also where Jesus started His triumphal procession into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And so this is a very important place for Jesus. And He goes there for one last conversation, one last blessing with His followers. And we read there that while He was blessing them, He withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. I was talking with some of our Spring Creek friends who were meeting on Wednesday morning for our Bible study group, and someone mentioned there that this is Jesus acting by Himself of His own accord. There's a few other places in Scripture where somebody is whisked away to heaven. Uh, Most notably, that's Elijah, where a flaming chariot comes down and picks him up, but it's very clear that this is God acting to take Elijah up. But in this case, Jesus is acting on his own. Jesus has the power on his own. We see Jesus taking his own initiative, just like in his resurrection. He is raising himself from the grave. It's it's from the grave out. But what's the significance of the ascension? And to what is Jesus ascending? Well, the first thing Jesus is ascending to is heaven. Now, I don't want us to just think of heaven as some place that we go when we die. Because actually, Jesus most often speaks in the Gospels as the kingdom of heaven at being already something happening, being a realm or a reality that is already breaking into our reality. And so Jesus often talks about the kingdom of heaven in very present terms. He also talks about the kingdom of heaven in future terms as well. But the kingdom of heaven is the place or the space, the realm of the reign of God. Jesus is also ascending to the right hand of the Father. And the the larger church has confessed for nearly 2,000 years that Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father from whence He shall come to judge the living and the dead. This is Jesus ascending to the throne of the kingdom of heaven. In Mark's gospel, the ascension is actually seen in the crucifixion itself. But here in Luke, this is Luke's statement of King Jesus being exalted and lifted up on high. There's actually an important statement for us following the ascension. And it comes in verse 52 where we read, And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They worshipped him. You know, this verb worship only appears three times in Luke's version of the gospel. The first two are in chapter four, which is the temptation of Jesus. And there, in Luke four, verses six to eight, it says, "And the devil said to him, "To you I will give there." And he's talking about the, the kingdoms of the world. Glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. See, the devil is tempting Jesus with control over these kingdoms. And he says, all you have to do is bow down and worship me. And Jesus responds back saying, there's only one who's worthy of worship. That's God alone is worthy of worship. And so here in this ascension scene, we see this word worship come back up. As the followers of Jesus rejoice and they worship Jesus, at the end, Jesus is being raised up and exalted to the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus is worshipped. What Luke is describing here, by good Jewish standards, is tantamount to heresy. It's idolatry of a terrible nature to worship a human being, to worship someone other than God alone, unless... Jesus is God. And so it's proper, and it's right. and it's very good that the followers of Jesus are worshiping Him here. They're seeing that He is going to be with the Father. This is God's stamp of approval, uh, sign and seal placed on Jesus' entire life, death, his ministry, his his teaching. And so it's good that they go to worship Jesus. This is the king ascending. And the king is calling his followers to come and to be heralds of the kingdom, to proclaim the, the good news of Jesus and the repentance and the forgiveness of sins. He also calls His followers to be witnesses of the things that they have experienced, the reign of God and the glimpses of the kingdom of heaven that we have been witnesses to. This morning, uh, one of our sisters is going to bear witness to what God's been doing in her life. And so our sister Janet Myers is sharing a little with us this morning about how she has seen God at work moving in her life even during this time. Good. I'm
2: glad that we can share a little bit this morning. Uh, you know, our sermon has kind of focused on being witnesses and, and uh, proclaiming the good news. And so I just wanted to ask you a few questions this morning about how you've seen God at work in your life. And so my first question would be, uh, where have you seen Jesus at work in your own life, especially during this pandemic?
3: Well, I think, you know, it's interesting because for me, presence is a very important part of of um, who Jesus is to me and, and then who I am to other people. And so that's been challenged uh, during um, the pandemic. But I would say that there have been new ways of finding uh, ways to be present and um, learning how to Zoom call and have meetings like this and conversations. Um, Provision. Right now I'm unemployed. My my husband is employed, but um, I had just started a, a new job and was enjoying my new co-workers. Um, but there again, Zoom has allowed us to meet. And so a, a different kind of provision other than just food and paying the bills. Um, discovering new ways of, of just doing life. Um, embracing aloneness, and what does that mean? We're recent empty nesters, and so my husband works long hours, and so I'm home alone a lot, and I'm experienced with being home alone a lot. I have chronic illness, but this has raised that challenge to a new level. Um, but about the time I'm feeling really down, I get a text from somebody, or, or I think of somebody and send them a text, and uh, that's Jesus at work. So
2: what have been some of the, the highs and lows for you during this time?
3: Well, interestingly, for as much as it has seemed like um, an unproductive time, actually the highlight for me during this time probably would be that I had finally finished my coursework for ministry. And um, I think my body has been able to rest and my mind rest so that I could focus on that. Uh, in a way that I haven't been able to. I've just been moving from one thing to the next over the last few years. And so that is a highlight. The low um, are the mornings I wake up and for it seems like for no reason I feel really low. And um, so I just need to keep moving through that valley knowing that it's not going to go on forever.
2: Hmm. So, So how is your faith encouraged or comforted or maybe challenged you during this time?
3: You know, one of the biggest challenges, I think, when we're isolated, and for me, uh, when I'm alone, is as I'm either worrying or feeling low, is um, to remember who God is. That the God that I know holds the world in the palm of his hand. Mm -hmm. The God that I know is the God that works things together for good um and to find stories in the bible and in other people's lives that say this isn't wave a magic wand and it's over instantly and so there's both a challenge in that also an encouragement as well as a comfort um in that we all have stories we're all part of stories mm-hmm. we all have stories that we can um listen to and learn from and know that um we we just do the next thing, whatever. And if God says rest, he says rest. If he says do something with our hands and feet to be the hands and feet of Jesus, then we do that as well.
2: Yeah, so you mentioned um, looking at stories, uh, particularly out of the Bible. Um, is there any particular story that you've been uh, turning to and that's been encouraging you right now?
3: Well, I think... Uh, most recently in this last week or so I think about the Israelites in the wilderness and they spent 40 years and we've only been dealing with this for two to three months Mm. and as much as you know our emotions are real we also look at that story and say that was a long haul that was a long journey for them and for Moses their leader um and I just think you know perspective is everything, and sometimes we lose it, but it's looking at some of these stories, and that's the one most recently that I was just thinking of.
2: Mhm Mhm-. Well, that's great, yeah. Um, and so what other words of comfort would you uh, speak to us this morning, maybe?
3: Well, I think um, I have two verses that really are life verses for me. And I find um, the first one is in Isaiah 45, 3. And this is from the New Life Version. I will give you riches hidden in the darkness and things of great worth that are hidden in secret places. Then you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by name. Treasures are usually hidden under the dirt. And sometimes you have to go through the dirt to find the treasure and um that has been a great comfort for me for at least two decades to know that verse to think about these secret places that you find gold in the hidden places you find gems in the hidden places and to look for them
2: yeah
3: um and and god will show them to you and then you'll have that aha moment that ah this is god in this moment he's right here um and you know, the other verse for me comes from Second Corinthians, uh, the first chapter, and that's this, um, Paul writes about comfort, and the comfort that God has given us that we can give to others who might be going through similar things at another time, and so that gives me a sense of purpose, and so if there's any way that I can uh, comfort someone else during this time. It's because I have been comforted at some point in my life, and it may have just happened yesterday that God comforted me, and now today I'm in a conversation with someone, and I can do the same. Mm, yeah,
2: I really like that. Um, digging through the dirt to find the the treasure. Um, because sometimes it's it's hard when you're in those hard situations to think about what might be ahead. And uh, to find comfort in that, in the middle of the the trouble and the the dirt of life.
3: Right. And I I think in this season, not just pandemic, but in our season of spring into summer, as people are gardening, perhaps when they garden and they're digging in the dirt, to remember that the seeds they're planting are going to reveal beautiful things. And the growth that happens is because God makes it happen. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Janet, for uh, being a witness and uh, proclaiming good news in our midst this morning.
3: Oh, it's been my privilege.
1: In this moment of reflection, we pause to consider the many blessings of King Jesus for God's provision and His grace in our lives. It's also a time for us to consider what we have to offer as heralds of the kingdom. We all have blessings, talents, skills, gifts, abilities, resources, and finances that can be used for the building and the proclaiming of the kingdom of heaven. And so I want us just to take a moment To consider how we might be stewards of the time, the talent, and the resources that God has blessed each of us with.